Hey there, I'm Natalie Abbott, and this is The Dwell Podcast. At Dwell, we help you memorize one Bible verse every month. On our weekly podcast, we talk about what our verse means, how it's challenging us, and about how the God of the universe wants to connect with us in our daily lives. Well, welcome back to the Dwell Podcast, everybody. This is your host, Natalie Abbott, and it is our last episode with Kristen Funston, which is a little bit sad, but I'm excited about what we're going to be talking about. We're going to be talking about the fruits of the spirits again, of the spirit, not the fruits of the spirits, because that's not what we're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever that was. Um, yeah, that's we're fine. talking about the fruits of the spirit, and I'm super excited. Um, let me read it to you one last time so it's fresh in your memory, uh, but the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things, there is no law. That's from Galatians 5, 22, and 23. So welcome back, Kristen. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Okay. So last time we were talking about just the different fruits of the spirit kind of talked about a couple of individually and that sort of thing. And today we're going to be talking a little bit like application. I'm excited about this. For those of you who haven't listened to the last couple of episodes, first off, you should go back and listen. But if you don't get a chance, Kristen is a, uh, or was a cheerleading coach for years. Are you still a cheerleading coach? No, 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 okay. no, no. I'm a cheerleading judge now. Oh, she's like <laughs> That sounded terrible. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's funny. No, I don't deal with the day to day, but well, and to kind of back up over the past 10, 11 years, I guess I've been a parent. Um, God has done a number in my life, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, leave it to motherhood, rock your world. Oh yeah. But I just, after years of parenting, I just got this burning desire to share with women. The more I got to know God, that there is a, more available for them than is mm. needed from them mm. um, and more available for them through Christ and through our relationship with Christ. And so I, I talked about this strategy that I'm going to talk about here in a second in my book, More for Mom, Living Your Whole and Holy Life, because, you know, the only way we can get more from God is to be with God and to live a whole and holy life, the one that he has already given to us through what he did on the cross. But for me to back up, I have, since my second child was born, I have struggled with some mental health mm. um, issues, struggles, really, they're struggles, you know, it started with postpartum depression, and then anxiety, some OCD tendencies started to come out. Honestly, I, my thoughts, the way I thought about things, about people, about situations, about myself, even about God dominated the way that I lived. And so going back to our verse, Galatians 5, 22 through 23, this verse I've kind of latched on to because it has shown me what I need to be looking for in my life. I need to be looking for that's coming out of me because mm -hmm. that would be the spirit coming out of me mm -hmm. and into the day-to-day, -day, but also looking for it in the situations and people around me. So I use Galatians 5, 22 through 23 as sort of a guide to help my my mental game, if you will, like yeah. my, my thought process. How am I doing here? Me. Right. And, you know, just to get my mind out of the, the negative, the toxic, 
place that it can sometimes live. And I want to be careful because there's a fine line. And we talked about in the last two episodes, there's a fine line between striving towards these things and just receiving them as a gift from the spirit. But I think it's okay to, to look for them and work towards them because as followers of Christ, we are commanded to be holy because he is. And these are the, the fruit that he exhibits. So I think it's okay to work towards them. Yeah. So for <laughs> with the whole cheerleading thing, um, let me back up. So ever since 2001, I have worked in the cheerleading industry and I used to help run summer cheerleading camps, uh, middle school, all the way through college. We would host summer camps and I'd have a team of staff that would work each camp and teach the squads that would mm -hmm. come. And we had this strategy in the way we trained our staff was, and we told them, we're like, okay, if we, you have a cheerleader in front of you and she is doing, she or he are doing an incorrect motion. Let's just stick with motion or stunt or whatever it is. We don't want you to touch them necessarily, but I want you to stand in front of them and demonstrate what it is supposed to look like and then keep correcting them verbally until they get it right. So if I'm, and this might be hard to imagine, but if I'm standing in front of a cheerleader and they're hitting, um, putting their arms above their heads in what's called a high V, it, but if it's too wide or too close together, my staffer would slowly like kind of imitate the way that they are supposed to move their arms, move it up uh -huh. here or down here. Uh -huh. um, is that making sense? Yeah, hundred percent. So yeah, they're like so doing a mirror. Yes, they're mirroring their motions. And what that does, while the brain is technically an organ, it acts like a muscle. And mm -hmm. so when you are verbally correcting them and showing them, you're creating a muscle memory. Their muscles are learning to move to that same spot Gosh. or to the correct spot. Mm -hmm. And so in my life and in my relationship with God and the way I live my day to day, I use the word of God as kind of my canvas structure, you know, mm -hmm. it is verbally telling me and showing me what to do correctly. I love that great, like mental image. Yeah. And so I think Galatians five is the perfect one because it tells you exactly love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. These are the things that we want, you know, our, our thoughts in the way we act to, demonstrate mm -hmm. or to be like. And so when my mental game, when I start getting into a more negative mindset, I go back to these because as Colossians tells us, we need to set our minds on things above. And, you know, what, oh, what verse is it where Paul is telling us to think about um, oh, whatever's, good, whatever's, whatever's true. Yeah. Whatever's true. Uh, I feel like it's at the end of second Corinthians, but I could be wrong. Yeah. It's something like that. We, focus on these things. And Paul's not talking about the power of positive thinking here. He's talking about scripture-based truth. Mm -hmm. We need to think about scripture and mm -hmm. truth. And so that's why I like to use this. And so I have four steps that when my, when my mind gets where it shouldn't be mm -hmm. in a way that is not Christ honoring, I kind of go through these and I've feel like it's a good way to create muscle memory in my brain of what whole and holy thoughts look like and feel like. So yeah, that's kind of the background. <laughs> 
Okay, I love I love everything that you've already said. I'm super excited. to. Ha- I want to know what are the four steps. I got my pen. I'm ready to write it down. Oh, <laughs> what are okay. the four steps? Tell me what to do. Well, number one, um, first, and any, I think, counselor would tell you this, is to identify the triggers, ah, right? Okay. Identify yeah. the triggers. What happens right before your brain starts to slip, your mind starts to slip into a more negative headspace. It could be anything, you know, it could be scrolling social media. It could be for me. And I share this example in my book because the day I was writing this all down, it happened that day because of course it did. Um, our Lord just wanted to remind you. So it was fresh, you know? Yeah. Right. Right. I'm sure that <laughs> I'm sure that's the case. Um, but shoes in the middle of the floor when they should be put away. Oh, I do remember reading that in your book. Yes. You know, whenever I see shoes in the middle of the floor, when everybody in my family knows that shoes (laughs) are supposed to be put in closets Mm -hmm. or there's the one little space outside um, our garage door that Mm -hmm. where we kick off our shoes, like, but if they're in the middle of the floor and they always are, I have an 11, seven Mm -hmm. and four year old and a 38 year old husband who still can't do this. You got a daily trigger. Yes, I have a daily trigger. God is pruning me still. Identify the triggers. Think okay. whenever you start to get in a negative headspace, what happens right before? And then second is meditate on what is good. You know, like I said, Colossians 3, verse 2, I believe. So set your minds on things that are from above, mm-hmm. not on things of the earth. And going back to our verse, mm-hmm. you know, I feel like we can point to love and joy here. But you know, we set because, like I said, the scripture based truths that Paul tells us we need to think about the noble, what is pure, what is praiseworthy, those come from God and from his word. And the only way we can know that is, as I, I think I mentioned this in the first episode, is the joy that we get from spending time with God and being mm-hmm. intimate with him. Mm-hmm. We will know these things. And so we, focus on, we meditate on what is good. Mm-hmm. And when I say that, I mean, specifically, you know, in the example with my shoes, what is good in that situation? Mm. Number one, it's good that my kids even have shoes. Mm. You know, it is good that they feel comfortable enough and to trust their mom not to kill them, that <laughs> they can do that. Right. You know, I know that's a silly example, but mm-hmm. what is good if you're scrolling social media and seeing friends on vacation while you're stuck at home, if that's a trigger for you, meditate on what is good Mm -hmm. uh, in that situation. It is good that your friend has the opportunity to do that. What a blessing for that person. Yeah. You know, so number one, identify triggers. Number two, meditate on what is good. Number three, and I feel like this is where in our um, versus month, the patience and gentleness comes in mm-hmm. is that we give the benefit of the doubt. You know, I, I really feel like there is power in giving the benefit of the doubt. And I mm-hmm. believe I tend to be a glass half full type of person. And, but I know some people are not, but I do believe that most people, now there are exceptions to the rule, but most people are not trying to upset us. They're not trying to make us jealous or cause negative reactions in us with their actions or their words. My my husband and kids are not trying to make me mad by throwing their right. shoes around. They're just not thinking about their mom, obviously. <laughs> uh, I'm just kidding. I try to operate from the belief that most people are not out to get us. Yeah. 
they are simply thinking about themselves or mm -hmm. their own families or whatever before they're thinking of me. And then the fourth step is kill them with kindness. You know, every time I like, I will, I will say in this, maybe hopefully I'm not the only one, but I'll say, Oh, I could have killed them. You know, if somebody makes me mad, yeah. but when we, when we say that or think that, then let's add the word kindness at the end, you know, let's, let's <laughs> kill them with kindness. <laughs> Killed them with kindness. <laughs> with kindness. Yeah. But there yeah. is, there's power in this too, because, yeah. you know, with the fruit of the spirit, God has graciously given us the ability to mm. choose kindness, mm -hmm. not even, you know, especially when we don't want, want to, he's equipped us for every good work. And I feel like that's good work. Yeah. Being kind of people. I love that. It's pretty simple here. You know, yeah. what is triggering you think about what's good, give him the benefit of the doubt and then kill him with kindness. Uh -huh. You know, so let me ask you a question. So mm -hmm. when, when this happens, like say, say somebody leaves their shoes all out over the floor. What happens when it's just not happening? Like, do you just like still just grit your teeth and move forward? Or, you know, what do you say to the person who's like, I, you know, I keep trying, I keep trying, I keep trying. And this is, this is just mine going to always be my response for this. Like, how do you get around those like really difficult situations that it's not just shoes on the floor. It's, you know, 25 years of a bad marriage or it's, yeah. um, you know, somebody who's experienced abuse or something like that, where it's just like, I can't get around this trigger. What, right. do, what do they do to? Well, I, that's hard. It really is hard. And mm -hmm. yes, the whole shoes on the floor example is. It's a good a example. Silly, simple. Well, but I mean, it's a simple one. You know, yeah. there's a lot of really hard stuff out there, but mm -hmm. we have got to give it to God first. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. We've got to pray about it. Honestly, before any of those steps happen, we need to be praying, you yeah. know, after each step, we need to be praying, you mm -hmm. know, before we move to the next step, we need to be praying. So we got to give it to God. We, you know, if it's an abuse situation or something really big and heavy like that, I would absolutely recommend that somebody seek outside counsel, on yeah. that, whether it's from a pastor or um, a professional counselor or a doctor mm -hmm. or whatever. I would seek professional help yeah. in situations like that yeah. for sure. You know, like to go even, okay, even the shoe example, let's think about that. You know, I have been married for fit, 14, 15 years. Ooh, don't time. tell them I don't know this, <laughs> um, but it's been happening in our whole marriage, you know, yeah, yeah. but I can still confront my husband mm. about that. Mm -hmm. But Here's the thing. We go back to the kindness part. You know, there is, oh, there's such a good book out there right now um, called Nice. And, uh, oh, I need to look up the, the subtitle and the author. I can't. I'm reading it right now, but it's so good. It's about the difference between kindness and niceness and how niceness is sort of like flattery, if you will. Mm. But kindness is the way, you know, the motivation behind it. Niceness is sort of like, it's kind of more um, topical, you know, not right, very deep but with, with kindness. I can approach my husband or it, whether it's that situation or a really tough situation, I can approach him with kindness and tell him my side of the story mm -hmm. and, you know, not be 
emotional about it and not be, I can approach him with his greater good in mind first. I feel Mm. like is where kindness comes into play where if I was just being nice to him, I would be like, Oh, you know, I'd burnt my teeth and just take it. Even though that is not doing either of us any favors. He may not know it, but you know, it's festering something inside of me that is making me resent him or whatever. So there is a difference between being nice and being kind. And we can tell truth in a kind way. I'm not sure we can always tell truth while being nice. (laughs) Yeah, I get what you're saying. That's interesting. I'm going to have to look that up. I love that. Yes. So I I think we just jumped into the deep end of the pool for a second there. Um, We did. (laughs) I apologize. No, you're good. I think what you're talking about, though, again, there is this like even with that just first step of identifying triggers, like there's got to be this self-honesty, right? Where you're looking Mm -hmm. at the things in your life where you see, you know, the opposite of the fruits of the spirit, where you see anger and discontent and frustration and those kinds of things. And, and to identify what are those, what are those roots? And if it's something like, you know, I feel like my people are not respecting me because they're, leaving their mess around. And I'm, I feel like I'm always cleaning up after them. Well, that's one thing. Um, And certainly Mm -hmm. it it does go deeper though, to say, but what are the, what are the even deeper things that really are bothering my soul? And how do I seek healing in those areas? How do I find even good in those situations? How do I give them over to the Lord and how do I respect and, and care for the people who are even my enemies? Um, which is, again, just this really kind of upside down way of understanding the world because we kind of serve an upside down God. Who, what, not are, kind of, we absolutely yeah, do. He just loved his yeah. enemies and he, he um, begged for the father to forgive his murderers as they were doing, mm-hmm. you know, like that's the kind of yeah, we crazy. And so therefore um, we can do these things and he gives us his same spirit to equip us um, to have love and to have peace and to have joy and self-control and these kinds of things. Just crazy. Yeah. And I love that you just brought that up because looking at the fruit of the spirit in verses in Galatians 5, 22 through 23, I feel like we're, we're almost amiss if we don't compare and contrast that to the works of the flesh Mm -hmm. that are in the few verses right before that, which is, uh, Galatians 5, verse 19 through 20, mm-hmm. 21. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, because it says the acts of the flesh are obvious. They are sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition. Oh, that That's a bad one. Convicts me a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Dissensions and envy. You know, it yeah. goes on and it even ends with things like these. Mm-hmm. And so there's, I feel like if we're going to talk about the fruit of the spirit, we also have to talk about the acts of the flesh because they are obvious Mm -hmm. and there are several listed right there for us. And when we are experiencing those, you know, just today I can check off and I hate to admit this, but I can check off jealousy and selfish ambition and envy, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And so some of the things aren't going to be as obvious out at the ballpark, you know, but there's, we can we can recognize these in ourselves and 
you know, quite honestly, and other people too in situations. So I think we, when we look at the fruit of the spirit, it's also important to be able to recognize the acts of the flesh. Mm. Amen. And the only thing that's going to root those things out and give us, you know, the things that, that we really like, we look at that, that list and we think, man, I want that to be true of my life. The only person mm-hmm. that can make that true of us is the Holy Spirit. And how do we get right. that? We spend time with him. It's really yeah. simple and it's, it's it really hard to do, but it is. Yeah. It's simple. It's not easy, yes. but it's simple. Exactly. Well, Kristen, I wish we could talk all day. <laughs> me too, me too. It has been so much fun having you on the Dwell Podcast. And I just appreciate um, your story and you kind of going deeper with us into this verse and giving us some really great application tips. And um, just thank you for your expertise and your love for this verse and just for sharing with us this week. Oh, I was so happy to do it. So happy to do it. Thank you for having me. Awesome. And for those of you who are interested, we'll have links to Kristen's information and her book on our podcast description. So you can go find out more. Thank you so much, Kristen. Uh, We just really appreciate having you on. Thank you so much. Hey, thanks for joining us on the Dwell Podcast. You can find out more about us at Dwell Differently on Instagram, Facebook, and at dwelldifferently.com online. We help people connect with God through scripture memory, daily posts, a weekly blog, and of course, this podcast.